Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Wilmington. We're in the middle of a vision series. So for those of you who are joining us, last week we took a little bit of a break. My brother came in from town and he was preaching um, and sharing about the throne room experiences that we see in Isaiah and then again in Revelation. And I was thinking about that again this morning as we were repeating, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord. And Sam said, I could sing this all day. And I just think about, I, I mentioned last week, there was about 700 or 800 years between when Isaiah had his throne room encounter and when John had the throne room encounter. And in both experiences, they saw the angels and the saints singing, holy, 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 worthy, worthy, worthy. Seven, eight hundred years later, they were there at the throne singing, holy, holy, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord, great are you, Lord. You know what I mean? It's like, wow, I I love that. We can't say it enough. So this week, we're back to regularly scheduled programming. For those of you who don't stream on demand and come from a generation when there was regularly season uh, scheduled programming. Man, I'm dating myself. I never thought I'd do that in a sermon. Here we are. We're talking about the River Life Wilmington vision, and we've been unpacking it. And so I'm going to share the vision. Um, the vision is to host, and I always say, if we were reading from the Amplified version, we would say with extravagant hospitality, to host a diverse church body that encounters the love and presence of the Father, grace of Jesus, and indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Those encounters lead to radically changed and filled lives and a people who are activated into their calling and identities, identity and callings, and carry the presence and kingdom of God into the city of Wilmington and beyond. There it is. That's a lot of words, but we feel like we keep, we want to reiterate it and we're going to be speaking about it. You know, I think we're in a part four today, believe it or not, of unpacking this vision statement. There's some Christianese that's all um, baked in there a little bit because that's some language that I have, but we're trying to unpack it to get even further into it and what does it mean. And so um, we started out talking about encounters, encounters. What are encounters? Why are they important today? We talked about Last week about indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not last week, two weeks ago, indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and that we've been filled, right? And that we have an invitation to give Holy Spirit access to our whole life, like in your own home, right? That seat, that honor, you know, the seat in the living room that the person of honor sits in, you know, the rooms in the house that in the past we've closed off to the Holy Spirit because we thought they were too messy, but he invites us to open up those spaces and give him full access to our house and to sit in the seat of honor. So that's what I at least intended to communicate two weeks ago. Hopefully that tracks. Today we're going to move on into, you know, those encounters lead to what? Eventually they lead to us carrying the presence into the city of Wilmington. Carrying the presence in the kingdom. Today I want to talk about carrying the presence Um, back in August, when we were meeting monthly, I talked a little bit about carrying the presence. Who was here in August? We weren't here actually. Where were we? We were at another, we were at hotel on seven, on the Hampton Inn on 17th. So we were there and I was talking about the presence. And if you remember, 
I was talking about, remember the Ark of the Covenant? It hosted the presence of God. It was the very presence. And we talked about that story in Obed when Obed-Edom was hosting, and they started to move the Ark, and then the folks got killed because they touched the Ark. And I've heard a lot of sermons about that, and some I don't know if mine was right. It was kind of a different play on it, but what I wanted to focus on during that time was, you know, we, we were created to carry the presence. Do you remember they... They got killed because they put it on an ox cart and they had good intentions because it was a brand new ox cart, right? That's probably what I would have done. Let's build a brand new ox cart. And they started carrying it. And then these guys who were not priests, by the way, tried to steady the ark again in probably in good intention. And thank God for eternity, because I'm hoping that he met those guys first and said, it's okay. Um, any rate. Right. They steadied the ark. But what we know, what we learned back then, what we talked about was that we, we, the royal priesthood, were always created to carry the ark. It wasn't, it wasn't intended to carry the presence, right? It wasn't intended to be carried by a, a building or a vehicle. It was intended to be carried by us. Amen, right? So I was thinking about what does that look like, though? What does carrying the presence look like? And, and that's what I, you know, to dive deeper into today, I was thinking about this all week and I thought, well, what else better to do than start with Jesus's example? You know, cause how many of you know that Jesus laid down his, his God nature and became fully man and was filled with the Holy spirit. Like pre Pentecost, Jesus was filled with the Holy spirit. So if he was fully man and filled with the Holy spirit, that sounds like us, Right. So let's start with his example. If you skim the Gospels, we're going through some great, great uh, schooling right now. Um, in River Life School of Ministry, we have a Wilmington campus. We started our first cohort in Wilmington, River Life School of Ministry. There's three of us this fall. Um, we're in year two and year one for some people. And uh, we join our Mooresville and our Chapel Hill campuses once, once a week. And uh, we'll be kicking off a new year uh, next fall. So you'll be hearing more and more about that if you're interested. One year we go through and unpack a, a biblical theology book called, Gather, uh, sorry, called Father-Son Theology. And it radically challenges Reformed theology and puts theology through the lens of we have a loving father, <laughs> who's not far away, by the way. He's right here. It's amazing. It's amazing biblical foundation and kind of put words to what a lot of us believe when we talk about the Father. Because if we looked at other ways that people have put words to things uh, in theology previously, they haven't always done a great job of getting, you know, and I'm not saying this guy's right, not all of it's right, but there's so much in it that's just full. So we're going to be going back through that for folks who have not yet, like Amber, that'll be next year. Yeah, I went through it last year. Uh, but this year, right now, we're doing a New Testament survey this semester, and um, we're in the Gospels. And so if you look through the Gospels, even if you just like kind of did that flip through, like what do we see Jesus doing? Pick a Gospel, right? He's healing people. He's casting out demons. He's teaching some profound things. He's bringing people to himself. He's doing miracles. Uh, he's challenging what everybody's always thought. Like, those are things that Jesus did. And he's carrying the presence 
as he does those, and even in order to do those things, right? He's hearing, he's seeing what the Father's saying. He's hearing what the Father's saying. He's seeing what the Father's doing, and he's doing those things. We're all, we all agree with that? 10, 8, uh, Acts 10, sorry, 38. This is a good summation. Uh, it's actually an oversimplification, but um, for time purposes, Acts 10, Verse 38 in the New Living Translation says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit like he anointed us at Pentecost. And with power, we get that too. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That was a, that's a pretty good summation, isn't it, of the, script, of the Gospels? He went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's what carrying the presence looks like. Right? We're talking a lot about that. We've been talking a lot about healings and miracles and being excited about encounters and what, the, what God's doing. And, and we're all in on that because we're called to do those things also. You know, when Jesus sent out his disciples, so there's a couple of accounts. He sent out the twelve. And then he sent out the 72. When he sent those, them out, depending on which uh, version you look at, it talks about Jesus giving them, equipping them, and giving them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Right? And to go make disciples of all the nations. We see that in the Great Commission. To go make disciples of all the nations and do what? Baptize them in the name of the Holy Spirit. Which I thought was interesting. For some reason, that stood out to me because I've been reading some stuff on um, water baptism versus Holy Spirit baptism versus power or fire baptism. Is there one? Is there two? Is there three? How many baptisms? I don't know. But Jesus said that he, we can go baptize in the Holy Spirit. So I'll, I want to do that. <laughs> and I have thoughts about when Paul said there's one, by the way. I think he meant there's a person uh, who we get baptized into. And it can look a lot of different ways because we see a lot of different ways in Scripture. See, back then they were, they were debating. Did you get baptized by Apollos? Did you get baptized by John the Baptist? Did you get baptized by Jesus? Who, who baptized you? I think that's what Paul was talking about. Uh, there's one. There's one from one. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. All right. Okay, so he told us to go out, cast out demons, heal the sick. Baptize people in the name of the Holy Spirit, right? And it doesn't stop there. In John 14, 12, he says that we will do the same things and even greater things. That always blows my mind. We will do greater things. <clears throat> so I just want to say, <clears throat> well, I just want to say we're here for that. We know we've been equipped. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're talking about, you know, we will talk and, and obviously talk about the armor of God, right? We talk about how we want to see people hit, um, set free. We're going to pray for people that are sick probably every Sunday. Get used to it because <laughs> we believe it, you know? And we are here for that. We, we, that is who we are. Listen, y'all, I want to see dead people raised. Has, has anybody here seen a dead person raised? Yeah, I wondered. Not yet. I want not yet for me too. I, I know there are people, and I know that I want to see that. Like I want that to be a part of our normal everyday life as Christians, and I think we're invited to do that. And I think my heart's there 
But while I was preparing for this message, I realized that I'm not necessarily seeing a lot of those things in my everyday life, you know? And so I was like, am I missing it, Lord? You know, am I like not? I, but I feel like I'm trying, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like I don't feel like I'm falling short or failing or like, y'all, there's stuff I'll say sometimes. It's just silly. Like white flag, white Kleenex. Come on. That's silly. But if the Lord's saying that, I'm here for it. Like I'm, I'm okay to make a fool of myself. I was saying to Mary the other day, I've, I've released some words of knowledge that I, that I felt like were from the Lord. And like crickets, nobody responds, you know? It's like, fantastic, Lord. You're like really into the business of humbling people. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> but, you know, there's times that people come up later, and they're like, hey, you released that word. That was actually for me. I was too embarrassed to come up, you know? reading some books right now on some of Randy Clark's ministry and Bill Johnson's ministries. And, and that's like, like they see that all the time. But it's, to me, it's not even about that. I'm just saying I'm here for it. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm actually out there. Is anybody else like putting yourself out there? Like, Lord, help me see what, what are you doing? If you want me to heal somebody, let's go. Right? So I think we're all already there. I was talking to, to a friend, a new friend, friend that, a friend in development. And he was talking about how he's seen tens of thousands of miracles in his life, you know. And I'm like, tens of thousands? I was, I was like going for tens or hundreds. <laughs> but one of the things in particular, though, that kind of resonated for me is that, you know, in the middle of seeing the glory of God working through big powerhouse, like healings and miracles, sometimes we lose track of our everyday life, you know. And like... There wouldn't be enough books recorded, right? What's John says? Like, of all the things Jesus did, they wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't have enough books. And it got me thinking about what was Jesus doing when he wasn't doing all those things that were recorded? I mean, he healed all the time, I believe, but there's times where he didn't. What, like, what was he doing in his hometown when they didn't receive him? Does that mean he wasn't carrying the presence? He was still full of the Holy Spirit. You know, so there's this like faith reaction or like it, it's not a magic, like a magic, like, I don't know, formula. Am I, you know, hear what I'm saying? So Jesus, I'm just saying, was full of the Holy Spirit all the time. <clears throat> and so today I actually want to talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, today I actually want to talk about what, how is Jesus carrying the presence or how do we carry the presence when we aren't seeing the big miracles and healings and those things? Uh, but I did want to state, I'm here for those things, okay, just so we're clear. And I was thinking about, as, as I was preparing, like, what does that look like, you know? And I thought about the fruits of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, we learn about the fruits of the Spirit. What's a fruit? A fruit is an, out, an outcome of, it's a produce. Fruit is a product of something, right? So a fruit tree produces something called fruit. And so, therefore, uh, to Holy Spirit produces something called fruit. It does protect the seed also. It also then recreates, right, and gets bigger and regenerates. And, but in that fruit, I think we can see what does carrying the presence look like. Well, we can look at the fruit. 
We can look at the fruit of our lives and say, am I carrying the presence, Lord? Right? And the fruit actually isn't people get saved, people get healed, people get delivered. I'm not saying that's not a fruit. Please, you are going to run me out of here. Shut the lights off. (laughs) Call my wife. I'm not saying that, like, casting out demons isn't a fruit of the Holy Spirit. I think it is. But it's not in the list of the fruits of the Spirit that we see when Paul talks about it. His first letter that he wrote in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's kindness. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. Gentleness. It's self-control. Like, that's a fruit, right? I mean, if we, I, I go back to, like, Bible school, like vacation Bible school. Or veggie tales. Like, I think about the fruit of the Spirit, also dating myself, clearly. You know, those outcomes, in my opinion, speak of our everyday life. You know? And I think in the charismatic church, sometimes we get worked up in the, like, the outpouring. You know, the, the big bang, the, the casting out, the big things. And, again, I'm here for it. I'm going to keep saying that so you don't doubt me. I'm here for it. But I think sometimes we lose track of, yeah, but how am I doing in, in, in the things I do every day? Right? I'm, um, I'm, a software, I'm in a software business. I work a day job. Um, and um, I'm, a, I'm on a team that we support customers and, and partners. And techno- I thank God I got out of the technology side, like actually doing the technology. I really don't like technology in case, unless my boss is listening and then I love it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm not necessarily, I found myself there. And, um, and every day, you know, I have customers yelling at me some days. Like I have employees that are happy or not happy some days. I have like, we're trying to figure out like how to meet company goals. You know, we have growth goals. We have finance goals. We have subscription goals. Like we have, that's just part of my day, you know? And, and I started thinking about what's the, what does the fruit of the spirit look like in that day? How do I carry the presence into that day? You know, when I'm not healing people, when God isn't healing people through me, when we're not healing people, right? How do we carry the presence into that day? Um, Hebrews, turn with me. Hebrews chapter 12. I was carrying my glasses up here. I have readers, bifocal readers, because I just need readers. But then I, if I look up, everybody's blurry. So I, I got bifocal readers, and they're amazing. I used to bring them up here, but then I realized this podium is nice and right at mid-distance, so I don't need my readers. If it was closer, I would need, I would need them. Okay. Um, you guys know this, this verse in chapter, chapter 12, verse one, if you're, if you're there, um, again, I'm, I'm in the new living translation, but your version's awesome. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And here we go. Let us run with endurance, the race God has set before us. How do we carry the presence into the race that God has set before us? The daily, right? So some of you in this room, I'm going to hit some. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are in sales and operations. Some of you are in labor, trades, construction. Some of you are volunteers. Some of you are 
raising families. Some of you are husbands, some of you are wives, some of you are spouses, some of you are children, some of you are friends. I think I got everybody. Right? How do we carry the presence into those relationships? Into that walk? Because that's that stuff is the stuff that God, like that's the track that we're on right now. You know, that's the path in the race that we're on right now. We are where we are. So I'm all for, let's talk about, let's go get it. You know, let's go do the things. And also let's do the things in those days, day to day. This is not a, a big, it's not just a big bang Christianity. It's a day to day. How do we carry the presence into those places? You know, as we, I don't know, is anybody in the room a runner? I used to be, Lord. I used to be. Y'all, I ran a marathon once. That's like, I used to make fun of people that ran. I would like openly mock them in, in public. You know, those jokes like, why are you running? Is somebody chasing you? I would openly make fun of people that I knew that ran. I was like, who would want to spend like that much time doing that stuff? And then I found myself, probably because Judge not Stevie Judge, who, who judges, does the same thing. There I was running. And I used to run, and there is a reality of training. There's a reality of, like, doing it the, the, the day in, the day out, you know? The get up and get your miles in, you know? The, how do you fuel yourself for your runs? You know, what you eat the night before a run and the morning of a run, it makes a difference when you're running, you know, more than two or three miles. It makes a difference. How are you fueling yourself? What leg of the race are you on? Are you on a hilly section right now in your life? Like, are things a struggle for you in your life? Are you on the nice, smooth downhill? You're coasting, like, on the chill in life? I'm not, but that sounds amazing. Are you busy? Like, are things going on? Like, where are you at in your race? And how is God just inviting you to carry the presence into that place? You hear what I'm saying? I was, um, I was uh, at home yesterday, and we, we're pretty busy right now, uh, I think, with just juggling things in our life. And um, as I mentioned, I work a full-time job. Mary has, like, three part-time jobs. And um, so we're, we're pretty busy during the week, and then we're doing this side hustle called a church. Uh, moonlighting, you know. And we're excited about transitioning, by the way, um, someday to do church more and other stuff less, um, which we believe is on the horizon. But in the middle of it, yesterday I was so excited. So we had lunch with some folks, which was amazing. And then we, we uh, needed to get home so I could work on a project. We've been remodeling our kitchen and uh, tore out a wall. I did not tear out the wall. We, we hired some, a professional to tear out the wall. And our kitchen was, like, not usable for quite some time after we first bought the house. And at um, any rate, I paid them to do all this work. And I was like, I'm going to do the lighting. Like, I can handle that. There's track lights. The house that we bought must have been an art studio in a former life or something. There's track lights everywhere with, like, pointed at any rate. So I was going to tear out the lights and put new lights up, um, which I did. And uh, there's holes where some of the lights were, and I wanted to move where a ceiling fan was, because apparently 
Indian fans aren't good in kitchens anymore. I don't know. Maybe that's a, maybe that's somebody's preference. I was told to move and get rid of the ceiling fan. So I got rid of the ceiling fan. I got up in the attic. I was like, this is not going to be a big deal. I'm going to do this all in a couple hours. Cause it's not a ton. And I get up and I get the, I pull some wiring up that is in a, in a can light that we're not going to use anymore. And I get it into the nice box and cover it up and secure it onto the, the joist. And then I, I pull the wiring from where the ceiling fan was. And I, I get the hole right above our, our new Island where our sink is. And I get the, all the, you know, hole cut pretty. I got Mary down under, I'm like yelling through the roof or the ceiling. Like she can hear me. Uh, our, our ceiling fan or our, our ceiling has a bunch of blown in attic insulation. And so I like rake all of that back so I can make. And then I'm like walking through the two by fours, you know, and there's a section that actually is covered by subflooring. So I had to cut out the subflooring and pull it up, which I didn't know at first. So that made it a little bit more work. When I got up there, I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to cut the subflooring up there. That's going to make this a little bit more work. It went from like a medium job to like medium hard. And we have like limited amount of time, Right. On, on Saturdays because all the other stuff we have going on. All right, so I'm up there. I get all of it done. Y'all, it looks pretty. I'm, Mary's telling me the, under, the, the new ceiling box is just where it needs to be. It's nice and secured with a two-by-four. So if we wanted to reinstall a ceiling fan someday, we could. Um, so I'm ready. Putting everything back, it's amazing. So the next job for me after I get the installation back is going to be able to go down in the kitchen, couple holes to just putty patch, and then I'm going to paint the ceiling, which I hate to do, but I'm going to. I'm like um, on my last sweep with the just looking pretty, the insulation. Y'all know anything about blown insulation? If you step down on it, it's done. Like you got to be tender, and I was just being gentle, and it laid right back where I put it, and uh, it was beautiful, and I was on my ready to go out 30 seconds from leaving the attic, and I step back, and my foot slips and I fall down, and my foot goes through the drywall, like, here, here's the new light, here's the, dr-, and it just breaks out, like, three foot square. Oh, I was not carrying the presence in that response to that moment. Oh, it did. I was like, do you know, I, mean? I kept, I said it probably six times. Do you know how many hours of work this just added I was done. I was going to, you know, I wasn't, and I thought I wasn't carrying the presence. I'm like literally the, preparing for this message all day. Like I was not carrying the presence. And that, that did not sound like peace or patience or self-control. It did not sound like kindness. You know, long suffering, maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's a good version. That probably tracks. I need to get back to the King James version on that one. And probably, at any rate, I, you know, like th- there's moments and I just kind of share that story and jo- joking a little bit, but there's moments in our life, like the everyday things that I want to carry the presence into more, you know, and, and our lives as like teachers, right? Our lives at work, our lives at home is the story that I was like, probably wasn't the best example to my, my daughter, like you know, who was seeing me react to a situation. I wasn't ugly, like terrible. It was just emotional (laughs) and stressful. And it wasn't necessarily trusting the Lord. You know, it wasn't necessarily God works all things together for good. (laughs) Uh, At any rate, but I think 
like how I'm just sensing an invitation to be practical, applicable, applicable to carrying the presence in the big things and also the small things. And just want to encourage you where you're at. Like I get it. We get, we, we have day jobs like, or like I said, or we're being family or we're being spouses or we're being volunteers. Like we have stuff that we're doing every day. That's not always the big stuff. How do we, we can bring God into those places and guess what we, we do. We don't only get to, we do. It's who we are. You, you already agreed with me that we were created to carry the presence. Everybody's head nodded. So now I have you. Like, we carry the presence. So when we go to work, when we go to our school, when we go to our homes, when we're in those conversations with our kids, when we're in those conversations with our wives, we carry the presence. Now we can give him access we can walk from a reality of carrying the presence, but he's available. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm reading this book, um, Bill Johnson, Hosting the Presence Every Day. Has anybody heard of this? It's like a daily devotional. If you like daily devotionals, I used to hate them. Um, I, this one, I'm in my second, second round through, second year through, and um, it's been really encouraging. But I want to read something that he mentions back in January. This is a reading for, for the day. And obviously it talks about hosting the presence every day. So it's about, you know, the book, the book's about presence every day. Um, But this in particular stood out to me. We have been, okay, so let me get back to you're on the track that you're on today. God has called you into the things that he's called you into. He's given you gifts And you are where you are. God has you right where you are. And I'm not saying he doesn't want to move you somewhere else, but maybe he doesn't. Like, but here we are. We are where we are, right? And we know we were made to do the good things that God created us to do. So Bill says, we have been Bill. (laughs) Mr. Johnson says, I'm not on a first name basis with Bill Johnson. Maybe someday. We have been placed on earth for a divine purpose. In fact, You were specifically planted in this moment, this generation, and this season to fulfill a unique calling. What God designed you to release to the world has been strategically ordained for this moment in history. So what is the key to stepping into your purpose? Living in constant response to God's indwelling presence. His presence is the key to you fulfilling your purpose. You were knit together by a supernatural God. He formed you to be inhabited by himself. This means that whatever you were designed to accomplish and release to this world is linked to your identity as one filled with God. For it is his presence that empowers you to fulfill divine destiny. His power his purpose fills you for your design destiny. Like that spot where you are today, like in work, at home, in school. God, that's strategically ordained for today. And God's designed you, filled you up with his presence to be all that you were created to be. I love how this connects his presence with our identity. Because we can't really live who we really are outside of who he is or outside of his indwelling and his filling us up. 
Actually, we can't live outside of who we were created to be without carrying the presence. You know? So it's like a light bulb moment for me. As Again, as I was preparing, I wanted to talk about some of the big things that we're hopeful for, but I realized, like, I have a few testimonies of things, you know, that I've seen God do, but I would, I'm declaring that we'll see more. I'm believing that we will. Uh, and the, in the meantime, you know, we can talk about those things, and we can also talk about our, our daily life, you know, carrying the presence every day in those places and how that really is tied to who we are. See, we don't have to wait to be who we are until those big things happen. We don't have to wait to be who we really are until somebody dies and we get an opportunity to raise them from the dead. Thank God. We get to be who we were truly created to be every day of our lives. You know, when we leave this room today, where, where are you going to go to lunch? Are you going home? Are you going somewhere to lunch? Who are you going to see? Are you fasting? Praise God. I'm not. <laughs> not today. Again, I think in the charismatic culture, sometimes we get caught up in the big things. And um, I think it's nice to talk sometimes about the little things. So I think that's what I have for today. Just an encouragement. Encouragement to us. You know, and again, back through that list, I, I relisted the, the, the people in the room, the teachers. In your life as a teacher, in your life as a spouse, in your life as a, in a creative person in your job or volunteership in your business in your training other people how to do their jobs in your home life as a spouse as a parent as a child Holy Spirit help us to carry your presence fully in those places every day we get to do that every day Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.